Play clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. The Asman and Muted Podcast starts right now. And welcome back to another edition of the Asmin and Budic Show podcast. After a long winter break and a couple weeks into the semester, getting some things situated with the show for season three, we're ready to begin. Jake Asmin alongside Dan Budic. And we got a great show in store. Obviously, the big story, the aftermath of Super Bowl 49, the dumbest decision in the history of the NFL occurred, of course, with Pete Carroll. We'll get to that in just a bit. But once again, Dan, what a Super Bowl, what an NFL season, and our final, I guess, is our football Super Bowl frenzy podcast, if you will. We're going to break it all down and look forward to the NFL offseason because, of course, the NFL has really turned into a 365 sport. Every single day there's a different storyline. The offseason always has a bunch of them. And then, of course, as you keep going, you get to the combine, you get the free agency, and then, of course, they push the draft back, so then you get to the draft. Lots to get to, but of course, it all starts with the conclusions of the season, which occurred on Sunday, Super Bowl 49. Yeah, it was a great game between the Patriots and the Seahawks, and you know, the way it came down to an end, the curse catch, and then, of course, you know, the play that Pete Carroll and will be forever judged for and forever questioned because it was such a questionable decision and such a poor decision on so many aspects. Second and goal from the one-yard line. Sides around a quick slant pattern, and, uh, you know, obviously Malcolm Butler made a tremendous play to intercept the ball. But what could have been? I mean, 26, 27 seconds on the clock, a timeout. You could run it in. Everyone in the world thought they were going to run it. They decide to pass it in the air on a not even a play action, not even give Russell Wilson a chance to move out the pocket and make a play, throw it away if that. It was a quick back back foot throw, the quick slant, and it just got intercepted. You know, Credit Malcolm Butler. He made a great, great, great play, a play that will forever you know, live in Super Bowl lore. And uh, it's a shame that the Seahawks lost in that kind of faction because, you know, the ineptitude of their head coach and their coaching staff cost them a Super Bowl. Legitimately, they they were that close to winning a Super Bowl, their second straight, and it just it turned so quickly. And you know what's amazing about something like this? Usually when there's some sort of controversial ending, you get people on both sides trying to make the case for what could have been done, what the person was thinking at the time. I'd say about 99.9% of people, whether you see it on Twitter, whether you see the talking heads on TV talk about it, the talk show host, us included, everyone just just is just baffled by the stupidity of Pete Carroll. What was he going through his mind at that time? And I just think it's a classic example of someone overthinking it and folding under pressure and what pressure does to you and the it just I, I'm just watching that game and I'm, I'm just stunned I couldn't believe they didn't run the football it's not like they're at the three yard line it's not like they're at the four it's not like they haven't had Marshawn Lynch having a great game up until that they were 100 point. yards up to that 24 carries 104 yards what he finished with he should have got the ball at least one more time for the 25th time and you know, you're watching that game, and you know some of the videos that you see in the aftermath. Some Seahawks fans that you see posted their videos online and their fan reaction watching that play. There's some of them are chanting "Beast mode, Beast mode." Everyone thought Marshawn Lynch was going to get the football, and then they line up in shotgun. And to that point, I'm still thinking, why are they in shotgun? But I still think they're going to run the ball. Personally, I want to see them in the eye form, hand the ball to Marshawn Lynch, and you're going to win the Super Bowl. The previous play went from the five to the one. It's just, it, it really, I keep using the word mind-boggling because it is. I just couldn't believe they threw the football. And here's the thing, not that they should ever throw. If you were going to throw, and Dan, you said this, play action, 
a fade, not a quick slant where something like that can happen. What if that ball got tipped and got an interception anyway? Too many things can go wrong there when it's second and goal, you have a timeout. Honestly, if you run the ball and you don't get it, Bill Belichick's likely going to be using his timeout. So that timeout that you have, you might be able to keep it for another play. So many things wrong with that play. It's, just, it's unbelievable to me that a coach as good as Pete Carroll is messed up on the biggest stage of them all. And my problem was after the Lynch run, they took he took it from the five to the to the one. They wait they, when he went down at the one. There was a minute five on the clock. They wasted so much time. Next thing you know, there's 30 seconds left. They're rushing to the line, out of, of course, out of the shotgun set and through that slant for the interception. They wasted too much time between the Lynch run down to the one and the throw oh, and the throw that eventually got intercepted by Malcolm Butler and was the icing on the cake for the Patriots' fourth Super Bowl, you know, under the Brady-Belichick regime in their fourth Super Bowl in their franchise history. It just didn't make much sense. It didn't make any sense at all. And I think what happened was, is I think they took it for granted, and that's the Seahawks, that they were just going to score. They took it for granted that eventually they were going to get into the end zone. They were so worried about giving Tom Brady and that Patriots offense any time on the clock. It cost them. And I think when, you, when you're down like that, you can't worry about you can't, you can't, at that situation, you can't be four steps ahead. You know, I know they say, oh, you always want to be a step ahead as a coach, two steps ahead. In that situation, you want to score and get the lead and put your LOB defense, whatever the hell you call it, on the field and have a chance to win the game. They didn't do that. They were so worried about giving Tom Brady any time on the clock. They didn't want to give him any chance, you know, to, 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 to score. Not that, like, the, he would have had much time either. It was 26 seconds on the clock when they snapped it. It's not like there would have been a lot of time anyways. They were so worried about giving Brady any chance, you know, to come back and get a field goal to send the game into overtime or score a touchdown to win them the Super Bowl, that it cost them a chance to win the Super Bowl because they were so worried about Brady getting the ball back that they were thinking too far ahead and they made a terrible decision. They, in no way they should have thrown it. And Jake, you make a great point. No one agrees with the call. It's not like some people, it's not like it's 50-50. It's like 98-2. to of the percent wise, ninety eight being how people think it's ridiculous. This was the worst. It was the worst decision. In it was awful. Sports. It, it cost their team a championship. It cost their team a championship. It was an awful decision. And I think when you hear Pete Carroll's explanation, well, we figured you waste that play. We have to. Why are you wasting a play? This is the Super Bowl. Why? Why are you wasting a play? His explanation made no sense. He said. He said. It didn't make know, any sense. We were concerned about scoring on third and fourth. We wanted to take some time. So my question is, if you were so concerned about giving Brady no time. Why are you throwing the ball on second down? That's not going to chew up more time. Well, I guess Best case scenario is for them, if you're really so concerned about giving Tom Brady no time, you run the football with Lynch and it gets stopped at the one. You do it again, and you kill more time. And you, you call a timeout. Or you make Bill Belichick honestly use his timeout. And, and then, you know what's you know what's, You hear, oh, well, Belichick wouldn't – if they ran it there and, didn't and got go stopped, yep. it, Bill Belichick and the Patriots would have had to burn a timeout because if you think about it, they would have had to burn a timeout because you got to think the Seahawks would let the ball run to, go to the 15, 15 seconds. You would think to give them enough time for two plays to give enough time for to down. give enough time for two plays, and then and then that final play would have been the last play of the game, and the Patriots wouldn't have let it come down to that because the Patriots wanted to give themselves a chance to if the, if Lynch would have run it in some sort of shot for Brady to get the ball downfield, whatever it would have been, to get them in field goal range to send the game into overtime. It was a ridiculous call by Pete Carroll. It was a mistake. And I'm sure if, you know, I'm sure he had trouble, he has had trouble sleeping the last couple nights because he cost his team a chance to win the Super Bowl. It made no sense. You run the ball to Marshawn Lynch, you win the Super Bowl. Now, a couple things as well. What this game does and that final decision is, obviously we'll get to Brady and his legacy of winning his fourth Super Bowl, Bill Belichick winning his fourth Super Bowl. But how about that catch by Curse 
We're going to forget yeah, all about that. It's you're going to forget about now. it. If, that, if Marshall Lynch gets the ball on second and goal from the one and he scores and the Seahawks win that Super Bowl, which they should have if they just ran the football, no one's going to convince me otherwise. And Marshawn Lynch, the best power back in the league, was going to get stopped a minimum of two times. Besides the point. That catch by Curse would have been in the Tyree esque in on that level the Santonio Holmes catch from Roethlisberger in the corner of the end zone the Lynn Swan catch all these great Super Bowl moments it would have gone down as one, it would of, the have great, been one, one of the moments. craziest Super Bowl moments the Manningham catch that beat the Patriots last time the Giants played him in the Super Bowl and you know because of Pete Carroll and Daryl Beeble and, and you know everyone in that Seahawks organization responsible for that for that situation unfolding obviously the bulk of the blame falls on the head coach it's his team if he wants the football to be run they're going to run the football but the bottom line is that catch could have been in that category now good comparison more like that Andy Chavez catch in 2006 with the Mets a great catch would have been a historical catch had the Mets won that series and went to the World Series yeah it wasn't you're right it would have gone down as one of the great Super Bowl catches and the third one in the last three times the Patriots have gone to the Super Bowl Tyree Manningham curse that's what that would have been the order you know that had been the three straight Super Bowl losses. And when they were the at the Patriots. one yard line, I think I, everyone in America thought Seattle was going to win the football game. I said it. I said Seattle was going to win the game because it's over. Or, or you, you, you have Marshawn Lynch in the backfield. See, but the thing is, is like, when, if that was me running, if that was me as the head coach of the uh, of the Seahawks, I'm running the ball. I'm probably not letting the clock run down to 26 seconds. I probably let it run down to 40 seconds. I run it. If they stop me. I call a timeout. I try it again. There's a good chance that on one, that on two tries he gets in. He gets one yard. Say he gets in. Well, he got he got four in the previous play. He dragged four guys. He dragged four guys three yards to get to drag to the one yard line. Say you score. You go up. Say there's tw- thirty seconds on the clock. I'd rather lose with my defense on the field. And, and Tom Brady playing quarterback, then lose on the one-yard line with a stupid play call that gets intercepted, and do, you don't even have the lead. Because if the thought of Brady having any time left was a factor for them. It was. It, it, it clearly then, was. Well, then it, it, you, what, what's you the point play of the, like that. the Legion of Boom in this defense? Exactly. That, that, mind you, gave up blew a 14-point lead Jake, in the fourth quarter. My, or 10-point lead in the fourth point quarter. Is, my point is the two times the Giants beat the Patriots in the defense. Super Bowl. Brady had the ball back. And Brady back. had the ball with a chance to win the game. With a chance to win the game, and he and he couldn't do it because there was not a much, there was not enough time. Left. It's not like there was five minutes left. No, there was three minutes left. There was under a minute left. You have to trust that your defense can make a play. And I truly believe their defense would have been able to hold the Patriots out of field goal range, oh, and they would have won the Super Bowl because the Patriots probably would have had to burn a timeout. They would have had one timeout remaining, and, and they the probably Patriots would have had to throw the sideline. Yeah. They would have had to play the sidelines, and that is not a strength of the Patriots. Well, How did they win the Super Bowl offensively? How they win the Super Bowl offensively? They nicked it. What do they do? They nickel and dime their well, way that, down the field. That's their offense. They don't have a deep threat. They're no, not, they're not going to go down the field. That's they throw to Gronkowski. So, they throw to Edelman. Exactly. So Pete Carroll, as the head coach, has to understand that. And then he overthought. You know, we, we can get on Pete Carroll all we want. The bottom line is, is the guy panicked. He overthought something that was obvious to everyone else, but apparently him. I saw someone say this on Twitter. Pete Carroll had to take a phone call in the middle of that play and said, "Here, you take over." And, and they would have won, won the Super Bowl. Bowl. And they would have won the Super yeah. Bowl. But it's funny because you look at at. At games, and we look at the Packer game against the Seahawks, and so many, you could say so many things cost in the game. You know, people are trying to look at this game and say the same thing. Well, you know, the, the Seahawks had to burn a timeout three, uh, a couple plays earlier uh, before the curse catch. They had to burn their a timeout. I mean, yeah, but they were still at the one-yard line, with, one yard away from taking the lead with under 30 seconds to go in the Super Bowl. I mean, you, you can't you you can't look at other plays and say, oh, that that you know that could be a di-. the reason why they lost this game was because it was a terrible play call on second and goal, and 
listen, if the ball went incomplete, we still would have said it was a bad play call. And if the ball if the ball went incomplete, you're still stopping the you made a good point. You're still stopping the clock. The clock's still stopping. That, Unless that, that pass is completed, the, the clock is well, stopping. That's why the estimation uh, made no sense. Pete Carroll could have been just trying to cover for his coach, but the bottom line is it falls on him too. What they were saying, it, it doesn't make any sense. And you want to try and justify the decisions of moron. I'm sorry. It's just it, it's that cut and dry with the, those type of situations. And then you know, it, it was a great Super Bowl. It was one of the best Super Bowls we've seen in the past, whatever. Other than last year, they've all been really good. Last uh, This past Sunday's game was tremendous. It's just as two Jeff fans, it's very frustrating to see the Patriots win another Super Bowl when it could have been easily prevented if common sense just prevailed. It didn't most, ha- and it, not just common it sense. It didn't happen. The most obvious of all common senses. The most common and you would think, And you know, the, and you would think uh, Pete Carroll, who's, you know, th- this is a team that has played very smart football over the last three years. You know, they've, they've done a lot of good thing, things right. They, for God's sakes, they won the Super Bowl last year. But, I mean, this is going to sting. This is, this is going to sting. Unless they win in the next couple of years, this is, this is going to be a tough pill to swallow. Because th- this was a game they should have they won. This was a game they should have won, and they should have had two rings in their back pocket, and and it just they couldn't they just couldn't put it away, and because of a terrible play call on second and goal and a tremendous defensive play by Malcolm Butler, you can't take anything away from the undrafted rookie, who made a tremendous tremendous play. He made a great play, but once again that play should have never happened. Never happened. Should have never happened. But to his credit, he made one of the great plays in Super Bowl history. One of the great defensive plays in Super Bowl history. But you're right, should have never happened. It was a terrible terrible play call by Pete Carroll and, and the Seattle Seahawks. Because at the end of the day, you want to blame the offensive coordinator, uh, you got to blame Pete Carroll. He's the head coach, and you're in the most pivotal t- point in your season, a chance to win a Super Bowl. He's making the f- He has the final play call. Uh, you know, I don't care if defense, he has the final play call. He was all right with a pass, probably because they've ran it before, and Malcolm Butler said that they've seen that same, they, 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 on scout team, they ran the same play. So credit the Patriots and their scouting because they were on top of it. And they, and were, they won them and, a Super Bowl. And a, when it came down to it, coaching prevailed. Bill Belichick outcoached Pete Carroll. In the most the, pivotal moments, yep, yes. And that's, and that's all that matters. That's all that matters. He coached him in the most pivotal moments and a terrible mistake for Seattle. But, you know, you talk about the Patriots. That's four Super Bowl rings for Tom Brady. And here we go. The dreaded legacy talk for Tom Brady. Well, I mean, it, it, it's real. His it's, it's fourth Super Bowl ring is third it really, MVP. It's not like in the, the two Tom Brady. See, here's the thing. If, what a difference a play makes. If the Seahawks had won that game, we're not talking about Brady's comeback giving him the lead late. We're talking about, oh, he threw an interception in the red zone in the first quarter. He threw another pick later on. Tom Brady was great, but he wasn't He wasn't perfect. He made some mistakes. Because they win the Super Bowl, Tom Brady's immortal. He's, he's the best of all well, time. That's, that's how it is. And it's, it's amazing. And it's not like looking at Tom Brady's resume and his two Super Bowl losses. It wasn't like he played poorly in those games against the Giants either. The Giants just outplayed the Patriots. The Giants outplayed. And, and the Giants were the teams that went down the field and scored when they needed to. And, you know, they left not enough time on the clock for Tom Brady you know, to come back and tie the game or win the game. And it looked like that was what was going to happen again here in Super Bowl Forty Nine, and just – it, it just didn't work out that way because it was just, an, again, a terrible play call and a play call that, you know, I, I, I don't know how Pete Carroll slept on Sunday night. I really don't because, you know, he said right after the game he cost his team a trip, a chance to win back-to-back Super Bowls, and he did. It was a bad play call. And then he got a little more defensive of the call as time went on, but it's tough to really understand what was going through his Imagine mind. he came out and just said, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I mean, no, well, immediately after the game he said, you know, it was my fault. I, you know, he did say he... 
you know, that he took blame for it. But then he got a little more defensive, especially on Monday morning when he was interviewed as the team was leaving Arizona. That you know they that they stuck to their call. This is what they. This is a lot of their goal line had. But I think even the Patriots thought that they were going to run the ball, and you know who knows? Maybe the I don't I don't know if the Patriots would have let them score to get the ball back only because the Patriots had the lead. But interesting concept. Maybe the Patriots would have let them go into the end zone on one run by Marshawn Lynch. I don't know how exactly how Bill. It never unfolded to where we would ever know what Bill Belichick would have done. Would he have burned a timeout? Would he have let them just run into the end zone? Another thing from the Super Bowl we never found out about. When Richard Sherman went to the camera 2-4, did he mean 24 points? Did he mean Darrell Rivas? Something we, we didn't get the chance well, to I find think out. He meant, I think he meant 24 well, points. Well, well, or shot at Rivas because Rivas gave up the touchdown well, with the by the ref. So that's true. I mean, I, yeah. When I first thought, I thought he was taking a shot at Rivas. Uh, I, yeah, when I when I first saw it, I thought he was just signaling that they have 24 points. See, but he might, have, he, might, he might, now that you he say pr- it, I guess, you know. It probably was Rivas, but it's something we, we don't find out because they lost the game. Because they lost the game. And, and you know what? That, that, that shot of just that change of heart. That change of emotion of Richard Sherman when Russell Wilson dropped back to make that pass to a Mountain Bu- Malcolm Butler intercepted that 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 I mean they made a vine of it that just his change of reaction he was just heartbroken and Pete Carroll too, I mean it was just that's that's the most dramatic way a team can lose a Super Bowl there is not a much more dramatic way the team can, a team can lose a Super Bowl the only thing the only Super Bowl that comes to mind is when the Titans played the Rams in 1999 in the Super Bowl. And Dyson came up one yard short, and the Seahawks today on Sunday came up, came up one Lynch. came up one yard short. Imagine being Marshawn Lynch in that moment. It's tough because you know you know if he gets the football, no one's tackling him. No one's tackling Marshawn Lynch it's true. twice. It's true. Get, it's, it's, I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't think he would have been stopped. I think I, he would have scored. As we, I think sit, he as we sit here, scored. it's Wednesday. The game was on Sunday, and I just, I just, I still can't believe it. I it cannot was a, believe it. It was terrible. It, and and the, the thing you don't understand is, you know, Marshawn Lynch is obviously, you know, it's a team game, and he's, you know, to for, his credit, he said the right things. Yeah, afterwards. for a guy who, for a guy who's such a, a schmo all week, you know, he said the right things after the game. He did say the right things after the game. And the NFL apparently announced that they're not going to find Marshawn Lynch for his media day antics. What I read before. Oh well, I mean, you know, uh, you're not a big Marshawn Lynch fan. I'm not. I, I think I think part of media day is, you know, I, I get you don't want to talk to the media, and I, I understand that, but I think there's a difference between guys that want to talk to the media and guys that just want to be a jerk. And I think he just wanted to be a jerk, and I think that's just his what he wanted to do, and he wanted to bring some attention to himself and skittles. I, I don't know. I think it's ridiculous. <laughs> it worked. His beast mode hat sold out online. No, it was, yeah. You know, but he the NFL get... might find him for that, but I don't think they're going to find him for the answers he was giving up. Yeah, well, the hat, the hat. They said that the hat they might find him for because he wore a hat that wasn't, you know, that they didn't approve of. God forbid. Well, yeah. Roger wants his money. Roger wants his money, and you know, and obviously uh, Marshawn Lynch will get his money too because who knows if that was the last play he will ever play for the Seattle Seahawks. Very true, and of course he he could become a free agent and he'll be available. And there was some reports that the Seattle Seahawks. We're offering him a long-term deal. We'll see if he takes it. But you look at the Seattle team, it was so important for them to get that second ring because as we learned with the Jets, you never know when you're going to get back. And now what made the Seahawks so great is the fact that they have Russell Wilson who counts for one or 1% of their salary cap. He's only he only made about $500,000 this year. And he has one year of eligibility left on his rookie deal coming up. So you're going to look to re-sign him to a massive contract as all these young he's guys He's got a get. lot of leverage. And Two Super Bowl appearances. Yeah, he should have won uh, a should, title. Yeah, he's got a he's got a ring. He always should have should really have two rings and what makes the Seahawks so great is that they could address other parts of their team without having to pay the most important part a lot of money. 
because Russell Wilson had so much success early on in his career, and now they're in a situation, well, you're not sure if you're going to be able to bring back all these guys and have the entire Legion of Boom back. You're not sure if you're going to re-sign Marshawn Lynch and well, go get Russell Wilson. You have Wilson, to pick and choose your— Some playmakers. You have to pick and, and choose. They need—listen, I think it's very apparent. I know, you know, Chris Matthews played great, the undrafted player, had a couple great catches, a touchdown, 109 yards. They need a big-time receiver threat. I don't know if he's the guy moving forward, but they need to—they really need a deep threat offensively. They— you know, it, it really was it really was apparent in the NFC Championship game that you know obviously Chris Matthews stepped in and played tremendous football in the Super Bowl. Obviously, they you know came just short of winning that game, but they they really need some help in the rece- in the passing game, in the receiving game at receiver. But you know, you mentioned it; they're eventually going to have to pay Russell Wilson, and who knows who's not going to be back. You know, they're eventually going to have to pay a lot of these guys, and you know, not high draft picks. A lot of them were, so they haven't you know on the rookie contracts haven't killed them financially, but eventually, you know, as these guys keep playing better and they hit free agency, Jake, they're going to have to pay these guys, or they're going to walk. And wrapping up our discussion on the Super Bowl, let's get to the halftime performance. What do you think of Katy Perry? Uh, she was fine. She she was fine. She looked great. I thought the outfit, the Cheetos outfit was great. The Cheetos outfit? The left shark. What are your thoughts on the left shark? He did. He didn't know what was going on. He was out of, out of whack. I didn't notice it immediately watching the game, but you could clearly see in the uh, the vines and the YouTube videos that you know, he just didn't know what was going on. Who do you think was the left shark? P. Carroll. That's actually pretty funny. P. Carroll. P. Carroll. Didn't know what was going on. Didn't know what was going on. And so you mentioned you like the Cheeto outfit. I personally saw the lion was pretty cool too. Uh, the lion was very cool. Might be the only time we see a oh, lion. Oh, and she in the flew on the on the on the uh, the firework. Thing. Right, the the flying was very nice. I liked uh, was it the Cheeto outfit. Are you referring to the Chaz Michael Michaels outfit? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it looked like she was. I don't know exactly what the outfit was called. But but forget Blades of Glory, phenomenal movie. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. The Blades of Glory outfit, but she also looked like the Cheetos bag. She looked, she resembled a Cheetos bag. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably agree. She with resembled that. a little bit of a Cheetos bag, but I thought I thought the performance was fine. You know, yeah, I thought it was cool with the shark, with the lion at the beginning. I thought, you know, they. I I, I don't know. I, I guess like I never really noticed it. They she changed so quickly, like so quickly with the outfits. How fast can a girl get dressed? Well, it was funny up until about you know the first you know maybe about eight minutes of the the performance. Lenny Kravitz actually had the most cleavage being shown. Yeah, yeah. But I was surprised too. You heard so much about Lenny Kravitz. He's only on for one song. Yeah. So and, I, I and Missy Elliott, who both of us had no idea who she I was. I had no idea who that was. I had I had no idea who that was. To you know, I, I the name I guess sounds familiar now, but I guess I you know not from my time I didn't recognize her. I, I had no idea who that was. Now a couple things. One, next year, hosting the halftime show, we need Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. I tweeted it out during the game. I'm a big believer in it. I think we need Taylor Swift hosting. The I think ta- I think she she's the next one up. If, you know, I'm surprised they didn't do her this year. They went with Katy Perry. I'm surprised too, but you know, I I I am usually pretty good about this. I said Beyonce would get it a couple years ago before she got it. Um, I I've gotten a couple of them over the yeah. I think o- I think t- I think I said Bruno I, Mars would be a good choice, and he ended up getting it. So I, I've yeah, been I, the past couple years. I think Taylor Swift would be the obvious choice, only because she's so she's on top of the world right now. She can't do anything wrong. No, yeah. So I think Taylor Swift would be. You know, great one. Obviously, the Super Bowl next year is in California. You know, San Francisco, Santa Clara. We'll see the Jets in there. Levi please. Stadium. Yep, Super Bowl Fifty. So, you know, Jets will be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah Jets and the Lions. Gino in the Super Bowl. Yeah, Jets and the Lions next year in the Super Bowl. But no, I definitely think Taylor Swift would be a, a good option. But you know, who knows? I mean, they, they when, when do they announce? They don't announce until like well, they did, six weeks into the season. Yeah, right? they wait a couple weeks it, into the season. Yeah, they wait a couple weeks and then they. I remember they announced Katy Perry and everyone went nuts because Katy Perry was doing the halftime show. Not like I really care. You didn't. You said you enjoyed it though. It was fine. Yeah, it was fine. I mean, I, I'm not a big half. You know, it's fine. I like the game. I think it was a great game. 
Who did it last year? Bruno Mars? Bruno Mars, yeah. Oh, see, Bruno Mars was the best part of the, the Super Bowl last year because the, the game sucked. Well, it, five minutes into this Super Bowl was already better than last year's Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, it was scoreless after a quarter. I was So I, I thought, oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> football. Yeah, football. And um, very quickly, a couple prop bets that turned out the Gatorade was blue for those who bet on the Gatorade color, which I know my uncle, who's listening, is a uh, very big prop bet guy. He, he bet on it. Corn toss was tails. Tails. And couple other prop bets for you. The national anthem sung by the legendary Adina Menzel, a yep. graduate of Syosset High School, Adina Home Menzel. Braves. Home Braves Braves. The way she sang the national anthem, and the over-under for that was, I believe, two minutes and two seconds. Yeah, she, she was over, right over, right? She beat that with uh, two minutes and three seconds. Amazing how good they are at predicting where the line should be. And I'm trying to think of any other prop bets that um, affected this. I didn't hear who Brady thanked first. Because he was the MVP of the game, where the choices were his team, God, yeah, I didn't hear, coach. I didn't hear it immediately. I don't know. I wasn't paying attention think. to that. So that was just a couple of things off the top of my head. But another successful Super Bowl, and obviously one that we'll always remember for uh, years to come. Yeah, uh, you know, to, to sum up the Super Bowl part of the show, I mean, it was a great, great Super Bowl. I mean, say what you will. I mean, it had everything you wanted. It had the lead change. It had the drama, and it had the dramatic play at the end where. You know, unlikely hero, and a lot of times in these games, an unlikely hero makes the unlo- most unlikeliest plays. And you know what happened? Malcolm Butler intercepted Russell Wilson, and you know won the Patriots the Super Bowl. Who would have thought, coming into the game, that Malcolm Butler would have been the hero? Even though Tom Brady was the MVP, but Malcolm Butler made the big play. Listen, I agree, Dan, and that's gonna do it. We just did a full Super Bowl wrap up. We touched on everything from Dan's love of Katy Perry to Taylor Swift needing to host the halftime show next year. And, of course, the dumbest decision in the history of the National Football League with, of course, Pete Carroll passing the football on second and goal from the one-yard line. And we all know what happened after that. But that's going to do it for the show. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We'll be back all semester long with great content, great interviews, and, of course, more Jets rants because our teams usually don't like us. So we'll get to all that throughout the course of the season. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We'll see you next time on the Asmund Show. Listening to the Asmund and Budic podcast. Make sure you go on to iTunes and subscribe to the show.